0: Hello, welcome, you're listening to Feed Play Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Children with sleep disorders can find themselves being monitored in a sleep clinic, but what exactly goes on in one? Professor Sarah Blunden is a paediatric sleep specialist from the Sleep Health Foundation. Hi Sarah, how are you? Hi there and how are you? Good, thank you are there special paediatric sleep clinics or is there usually just one clinic divided into adults and kids? Actually, no.
1: The sleep clinics uh, where children go to get sleep disorders diagnosed and treated are paediatric specialists clinics they don't in fact you know paediatrics is not little adults because the systems by which they work and the diseases such as sleep apnea from which they suffer are very different in childhood than they are in adults so you can't put a a child into an adult sleep lab and vice versa
0: is there a standard way of monitoring a child regardless of what they
1: are in for A standard sleep clinic, if you like, or a sleep laboratory, depending on what term you use, will always have the standard assessment procedures, but there will be added um, tools that will be used and measures that will be put in place for different types of problem. If you go into a sleep clinic and you're going to be tested for sleep apnea, for example, you will go in, a child will go in with their parent or parents, They'll be uh, taken into the section of the bedroom, um, and paediatric sleep clinics these days are you know are really fun. Um, I don't know whether the children think it's fun. But, <laughs> you know, there's lots of things to do, and you can play with toys, and you kind of uh, usually the staff are pretty paediatric friendly. Um, so the first thing is that children need to have a, a whole range of. Uh, Leads, if you like, electrical leads uh, placed onto their scalp. So they, they're kind of pasted on with some special paste. And they, um, when I used to do it, we used to make fun of it. And kids, you know, stick their leads on their teddy bear and they stick the lead on me. And then we'd stick a lead on them and make it into a game. And these leads are on the outside of the scalp and they can read the brainwaves. The brainwaves are important because they tell us what stage of sleep the child is in because each stage of sleep has a very specific and characteristic brainwave pattern and brainwaves are important to diagnose a whole range of sleep disorders. So the head will be covered with anywhere from 12 to 16 to more of these leads um, over the scalp depending on what's being measured and how comprehensive that test might be. There will be a a little thing underneath the nose to check airflow. There will be bands around the chest and the waist to check the effort of the body, of the child's body while they're breathing, because in some sleep disorders the body might be breathing but the air might not be moving and that's an indication of sleep apnea. There might be leads also on the legs and on the arms to check twitching, which is another sleep disorder called periodic limb movement disorder. And there might be some other things to check for how quickly children go into different stages of sleep, which might be another sleep disorder. So standard um, are the leads to the brain and to the head and to the um, Underneath the nose, there'll be an oximeter little clippy thing on one of the fingers to check oxygen flow and, and carbon dioxide. And the bands around the waist are certainly a respiratory function and some um, leaves on the legs for twitching and stuff. See, with
0: all of that, I'd be worried that my child wouldn't actually sleep at all. <laughs> that, <laughs> is that ever
1: true. a problem? Because It it's... is a problem. I mean, children in sleep labs, I mean, children, um, you know, they, they get overwhelmed quickly and um, some of them are great and, have, and just cruise along and have a wonderful time. Um, many of them are anxious. Uh, they don't like the idea. Some of them hate things getting stuck on their head and hate the band aid feel of these things on their skin. Um, and do they sleep? They do sleep. Really what we need from a sleep clinic, depending, again, on what we're diagnosing, is we need to have three or four hours of sleep to be able to find out whether it's, what's going on. Now, In my experience of sleep clinics, we did have children that would come in that would not go to sleep until very late, but they would go to sleep because, one, the environment, maybe not the face and the the leaves, but the environment itself is conducive to sleeping. And sleep drive is pretty overwhelming, particularly when you're a child, it's very hard to fight it. When you're really, really tired, you will fall asleep. And sometimes I remember the conversations with the sleep techs and the doctor saying, we've got enough sleep here to be able to diagnose or we haven't got enough to diagnose. There is a lot of sleep clinics uh, uh, measuring now that can happen at home, which is much more child-friendly thing now. But, you know, serious diagnostics have to happen in the clinic.
0: And who assesses the results? Or do you just take your child back to a specialist who will explain the findings?
1: Well, that depends also what it's about. Usually, the specialist of some sort will, die, will refer to the sleep clinic in the first place. The results will go back to that specialist. That might be a neurologist. It might be a respiratory physician. It might be a plain physician. It might even be a GP, depending on what the uh, presenting problem might be. Um, that specialist will read the sleep output, and will um, the sleep techs, the sleep technicians, who read the studies, will be looking at the study and saying, this looks like a sleep apnea, this looks like a periodic limb movement, this looks like a, um, a this or a that, and uh, it brings out the the physiology of the sleep report and the. Um, the specialist will look at that report and look at the, the look at the findings and come up with his or her diagnosis from that point. So it depends on where you go um, what, to what happens. That usually the child and the, and the family have to go and visit a specialist either in the hospital or in their private rooms after the fact.
0: Sarah, thank you so much for explaining sleep clinics to us. My pleasure. That's Professor Sarah Blunden. She's a paediatric sleep specialist from the Sleep Health Foundation.